I'm Christine Levine, and you're listening to Found Dead. My name is Dana, and I found two bodies. He was face down, so he went missing, I guess, the, the day before. There's somebody, like, laying in the middle of this parking lot. Uh, this isn't good. I can't see him breathing or anything, so I immediately called 911. Today's episode, The Body in the Courtyard. The thing about finding a dead body is that it can happen at any age. And finding a body young, that can affect the rest of your life. I was 10 years old when I found my first body, but that's a story for another time. Here to tell his story is Dana. He's a musician and entrepreneur from Tucson, Arizona. And his story begins on a summer day in Pennsylvania 30 years ago. Body number one was a preteen, I think 12 years old. He had drowned upriver in the Delaware River in Pennsylvania. I found him in the morning. I was lifeguarding at a swimming facility that has a portion of the Delaware roped off for swimming as well as pools. I came in the morning and there was a jetty down on the river and I walked out the jetty and I looked over the left side and there was a body up against the jetty up upstream and just got washed down and against it. So I had to call 911, obviously, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, he, he drowned. I clocked in, I helped chlorinate the pools, and then I walked down, there was a hill down steps to the jetty, to the river, and uh, walked out to start preparing the river for customers, and I just happened to look over the side, and I nearly jumped out of my seat, out of my shoes, I guess, because I was walking. <laughs> yeah, young African-American boy. Oh, Dana, don't say black people can't swim. We don't want that. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> I joke, I joke. But do they not prepare you for that kind of thing in lifeguard training? We prepare to save people if we can. And I did save somebody out of that river before. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was obviously he was long gone, bloated and so how long had he been in there? Did he sneak in? No, uh, he washed down from up. He washed down. Miles. Oh, It was on the other side of our roped off section. The, the left side of the jetty that I walked out on is on the side that is not roped off. So it was facing upstream upriver. And I as, see. Uh, as he came down and floated down, he just got caught on the jetty. I don't know the full story. All I found out later is that he was he went missing, I guess, the, the day before and Now we know where he landed. And you found him. You know, it is so important that you are the one that found him because, like, you are the one that reunites him with his family. Yeah. You're that missing link. And it's weird how from now on, in that moment of his death and you finding him, you two strangers are connected now. Did you know his name? Did you find his name? I, I, I did not know. Were you curious about him? A little bit. I was I was just more sad and slightly traumatized by it, you know. I looked over. I mean, the jetty is about three feet higher than the water. I see. Uh, so, I mean, I he was right there. I couldn't get right much there. closer than that. Yeah, he was face down, so. I would be grateful that he was face down, right? Like, yeah. I would be like, oh, good. Yeah, you don't, oh, you don't want to look him in the eyes. <laughs> no, you don't. So yeah. when you call 911, what happens next? They arrive and, and rope off the scene, and the river was closed for the day so they could remove him and do whatever they had to do. I had to give a statement to the police, but other than that, I had to keep working because <laughs> there's pools as well as the river, so I had to lifeguard the pools for the rest of the day. It's just very surprising. I mean, it, was just, it was a regular, beautiful summer day, and 
just shocking a little bit. <laughs> like, oh. uh, yeah. I hate to ask this, but I'm always curious. Was there any smell involved? Did that hit you first or? No, no. The river already smells like fish. So. <laughs> that picture just, re- some, you know, I was young. I was maybe 16. So the picture in my mind kept playing over, you know, it didn't like severely traumatize me, but I thought about it a lot for the next couple of weeks for sure. I think about it when I see kids swimming. Yeah. Now I have a 13 year old daughter, so I'm always vigilant. And, you know, I'm not overprotective. She's a great swimmer, but, you know, I can't help but think like, you know, something simple could happen and hit her head or whatever. Like, gotta keep an eye. That's why she's a good swimmer, though, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I was a lifeguard and she, she was in the pool at six months, like learning how to float on her back as a baby. <laughs> wow. Never got therapy. Just talked with my friends uh, who were coworkers, lifeguards. We're all from the same neighborhood, all kids. So, you know, they saw it too. I, I was the one to find them, but they came down too and had to look, you know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course, even the people I worked with at the porn store wanted to see the dead guy. I didn't let them though. I was like, you're not going to take my story from me. Forget it. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. What happens when musicians and audio engineers channel their creativity into a coffee company? You get Decibel Coffee Works. For owners Nick Hainig, Dana Fair, and Ian Hodges, the music and art communities provide them with daily inspiration. At Decibel Coffee Works, they share that inspiration in liquid form, bringing you their best coffee and favorite artists. Decibel Coffee Works purchases their ingredients from sustainable sources, providing a truly exceptional product while contributing to the longevity of the coffee industry. Whether you're shipping their excellent coffee straight into your drip machine at home or sipping a fresh cappuccino inside their cafe in Tucson, Arizona, we know you'll love what you get. You can go to decibelcoffeeworks.com today to learn more. And if you pop by the cafe, let them know that Found Dead sent you. And now back to the show. Now with your second body... It was the day after Halloween, and my band I was in at the time, we had a mid-morning practice, and we don't usually get together at that hour, but it's the only time we could. And we went out for a smoke break out the back of the facility, and there's a parking lot that was pretty much unused back there. We were just hanging around talking, and I looked over. I was like, uh, there's somebody like laying in the middle of this parking lot, nothing else around. And since it was Halloween, I was like, oh, I bet they got hammered the night before and just like passed out. Okay, I'm going to go take a look. And we kind of walked over. And I thought it was a woman at first. Was, there was long hair and could be something hopefully not bad that happened to a woman. And mm-hmm. I peeked around as we got closer. I saw a mustache and it was an older man. The reason why I thought it might be a woman from a bad situation is because when his back was to us, his pants were down around his knees. So oh. his, his ass was kind of showing. His back was to us. He was laying on his side, almost in a sleeping position. You know, I used to sleep with your arm up like your head on your shoulder and your arm over. So as I got around the front, I could see his other hand was curled up by Mm -hmm. his uh, stomach and chest, really kind of mangled up, like broken fingers and stuff. And I was like, oh, uh, this isn't good. I can't see him breathing or anything. So I immediately called 911 and they got there, found him and pronounced him dead. And I had to uh, fill out a report. Now, later that day, I got a call from a person who rented from that facility. It turned out that that person was a caretaker of the facility who lived there, and he tended to get drunk at night and go up on the roof and hang out up there. And he's tried to do this before, and they've told him to not do that. It's dangerous. He tried to, uh, like, stand on the side of the building and, like, take a piss off of it. And apparently he was drunk and fell off and to his death. Just to pee over the side of a building. Yeah. 
Yeah, dumb ways to die. Oh my God, that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> how, oh God. Oh my God, I'm having a melt. This is crazy. You just, imagine. You just yeah. want to take a piss off the side of a building like oh, it's a, a man. Beautiful night out. Stars are out. See the city skyline. Gorgeous. I got to piss off this building. And he's taking nosedive. Oh my God. Oh my God. Life is so fragile. You just like. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to protect it. You got to protect it and, and then not uh, scale the side of a five story building and try to piss off it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. For what? Unbelievable. Just. Just because you wanted to pee. Oh, Jesus. I've heard of dumb people dying from, you know, they want to take a selfie. So they back up, back up, boop, down they go. Alcohol and trying to walk a tightrope is, I guess, pretty much what he's trying to do, drinking and walking on the side of a building. Oh, my God. And so you were with your bandmates? Sure, yep. How was that? Like, it's sort of like a, a group discovery, yeah, practice was over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you guys just come out and be like, well, like, yeah. <laughs> let's go back to work. Yeah. No, no. Well, that's, uh, they'll fuel our songwriting for the day. <laughs> but every once in a while, we'll bring it up like I remember that time. This was probably 2008. But uh, when we talk, we, you know, we're obviously not a band anymore, but we still talk once in a while. Hey, you remember when we found that body? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I was the only one that ever found a dead body, or they're hiding secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who saw it, and I'm the one who had the phone on me, and I just dialed it. You know, I don't think they were looking at me to lead the way. I felt like I should. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna just let them lay there. You know? <laughs> I think I feel like somebody would have called 911 eventually. <laughs> there have been yeah. times where I have left somebody, or tried yeah. to. We'll be right back. Hi, Christine here. I just wanted to come in and say that if you have been enjoying our show, we'd love it if you would go to your podcast app of choice and leave us a five-star review and share our episodes on social media. It'll help new people find our show so that we can keep bringing you great stories of finding dead bodies. It's just the way everyone wants to start their Friday morning. And now back to the show. It's so stupid. I went to this, I went to work. I mean, I didn't, I didn't actually get, I got hired at this place to be a CNA at a nursing home. And I had mm -hmm. just filled out the paperwork. I hadn't even had a first full day yet. And then the secretary says, is your car parked out that way? Would you drop off some mail for another resident for me? And I said, sure, I guess so. I take the mail down to this guy. I knock on his door and I walk in, he doesn't move. And he's got his back to me facing the window, laying on his side on his little neatly made bed. And I set the mail down on his tray table and I said, oh, hey, you've got mail. And then I see his face. I turn, you know, I look at him and mm -hmm. I'm like, he's dead. Oh, my not God. Gonna read that mail. Yeah. No, oh. not going to read that. But I'm just going to set it here anyway. And um, and then I just decided I got to go. Like, do I want to deal with this mess? Like, whatever's going to happen, yeah. I don't want to handle it i don't actually like i just start well, i just already, put on the paperwork i don't work here oh uh, yeah you're already you're in the facility that, that's another nurse's job right right i'm not yeah. I, I didn't clock in yet it isn't my job so i try to leave so i'm like headed out the door and then mm -hmm. i hear that 
fucking secretary is right behind me, snapping those heels down the hall. I turn around and I see her and she's just like waving more mail. She goes, oops, forgot some mail. I guess I got to come down here anyway. And I look and I go, is that for Mr. Mosher? Is that more? And she goes, yeah, yeah. Guess I got to come down. Doesn't matter anyway. But thanks. So, uh-huh. So I start <laughs> speed walking towards the exit Uh because I got to get out of here before she figures it out. I swear to God, I just touched the door, the exit, just touched it to get outside. And then she's, and then I, I turn around, I, I see her little skinny head poke out of the, out of the door. (laughs) And she looks at me and she goes, did you know? And I go, I mean, you know, he was sleeping. (laughs) What am I supposed to do about it? I don't have time. I didn't, whatever was going to happen, do I have time to, you know, I know I, having found dead bodies before this happened, I knew like, is somebody going to ask me questions? How long was I in there? What happened? What did I see? And yes, it's in a nursing home. And to some degree, we expect them to, that's where they die. You know what I mean? People die Mm -hmm. there. They die at hospitals. So it's okay. But also what if he was fine? He looked like he dressed himself. He was not an invalid Uh or he was not how you would think of somebody near death other than he was old so yeah i didn't know what was going to happen and i for sure didn't know i had i had no time for it i knew i didn't have time for it i I gotta go so i am guilty and if you had if you had just been like well boys let's go on with practice let's let somebody else deal with it i would not blame you in my situation i don't know if i could have just because there's probably not a chance of somebody running across him for a while i think almost that's why they start to smell because if they uh-huh. didn't, nobody would find. How many people would just never be found if we didn't smell yeah. after we died? We have to. Truth. That's the only way we can get somebody's attention to be like, hey, take me home. My <laughs> kids have to know about me. And yeah. you did the right thing both yeah. times. feel like I did. Yeah. Yes, you did. How have these experiences or have they helped you form any ideas about how you feel about dying or spirituality or what happens in the afterlife? Have you given that any thought? I've given that thought, but really not due to those circumstances. I think it's more just due to age and, and going getting older. Start thinking more about that kind of thing. I mean, the him falling off the roof, uh, just the absurdity of the universe. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, the, the, those experiences did not make me think more about that. I mean, I've had unfortunately a lot of people I know pass away early in life through drug use and stuff like that, and I would already kind of walk down that path a bit when I was younger, you know? So, I don't know. What do you think happens to the afterlife? Shoot. I mean, that's a... I, I, I don't know, and I, I'm okay with saying I don't know. There, you know, part of me wants to think that uh, energy uh, cannot be created nor destroyed, so you, uh, a part of you, maybe even a conscious part of you, uh, goes back into the, uh, the everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And... But yeah, I don't really know. And I don't know. I guess I'm not arrogant enough to say I, do, I know, <laughs> like some humans are. Yeah. Yeah, like James Inman. Yeah. James. <laughs> yeah, James Inman. He'll fight you on it. I mean, like, I hope he's right. I hope it's reincarnation. I hope it's something like that. But I'm with you. Like, yeah. how could we even know? Not a lot of us come back. And then the ones that do, they get real weird. You know, yeah. it's pet like cemetery. I, uh, I went through a phase of watching a lot of NDE videos and, uh, you know, near-death experience uh, experiencers and 
couple of them are pretty convincing um, people who are brain dead remembering an entire surgery and yeah. t- uh, telling that what the doctors were saying to each other and stuff but in all scientific realms should not have been able to do that and it's, it's some interesting yeah. stuff you know but I, I just don't know for sure i, I find that stuff we'll interesting yeah i find mm-hmm. that all super interesting too like you i've watched a lot of those videos and um i've done my share of psychedelics too same <laughs> and I love it, but yeah, I find it very fascinating, but you're right. How, how could we know? I don't know. Well, one thing's for sure, baby, we're going to find out. We are. Nobody gets out mm-hmm. of this place alive. Do you hope someone finds you someday? Like, how do you want to die? I mean, you know, I don't know how I'm going to die. I know how I'd like to die, which is peacefully in, in my sleep, but you know, who knows? I've abused my body over the years in certain ways, although I don't do it anymore. So, I don't know, maybe that's going to come back and bite me and I'm going to have a shitty death. Who knows? <laughs> I hope not. I hope you have a great death. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Dana. <laughs> Dana found two bodies, and they've affected him to this day. So far, I've found 13. Every now and then, I meet someone like me who can't keep death from finding them either. You think finding two bodies might be hard to deal with? Try six. We'll hear those stories next time on The Body by the Dumpster. And there was a young man who had been murdered next to the dumpster right next to where the car was parked. Found Dead is a Levine Entertainment production. This show is produced and edited by Nora Williams. Our logo is by Nora Williams based on a design by Chris Levine. Our theme music is Autumn Sunset by Jason Shaw. The interview you heard today was edited for length and clarity. If you found someone dead and would like to tell your story, reach out to us through email at founddeadpod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at founddeadpod. And that was Dana. He came and tell us that he found two bodies and he did the right thing both times. He didn't poke them with a stick or... (laughs) I'm impressed. Good job. Thanks. We are. Thanks. We will interview somebody who pokes somebody with a stick before they call them. Sure. I mean, it's inevitable. Somebody's going to poke something dead with a stick. It's but it's know, not usually you, an eight-year-old. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.